Well, this morning for our speaker, we have Rhoda Blau, and I'm just going to read a line or two off of her bio. The rest is in the bulletin. It says, Rhoda Blau is a stewardship consultant for Everance Financial, and she's a key resource to congregations and individuals on stewardship issues, particularly as it relates to integrating faith values with finances utilizing the wide variety of stewardship services through Everance, which is the financial part of the Mennonite Church. So um, I'll, the rest you can read in the bulletin. Rhoda rent into our office downstairs for maybe about a year or two, something. Yeah, two years, something like that. Um, and, then, and then she moved her office to her house, which... We were sad to see her go. <laughs> but I've known Rhoda for quite a number of years now since I'm the um, church's Everence rep. And we've had some really fun times together, some, some good times. So she's a good friend. She's also a good source of information for us as a church and as individuals for financial needs or um, um, integrating faith with our finances. Uh, one of the things that's coming up this fall, we're going to start planning it, is an end-of-life seminar that we want to do for our congregation. And it will include things like wills and um, estate planning and um, decisions, that type of thing. It's, it's not only for our old folk like me, it's for you young families because it's really important that you guys have a plan in place um, in case something would happen to you. So um, we'll be discussing this more. We'll be sending it once we get our um, dates and everything lined up. We'll be um, advertising this. But Rhoda's a big part of that. So Rhoda, come on up, and um, we're happy to have you here today. Thank you, Barb, and I am very happy to be here today as well. Um, you, she is a good friend of mine, and we have had some very good uh, times together. I will tell you that as well. Well, let us begin with prayer. <clears throat> God of generosity and abundance, we are grateful for the many provisions you have shown to us. Fill our hearts with your love and help us to always see the good gifts you have for us to share with one another. Amen. Last January, I enrolled in a six-week class called Connecting Faith and Money, sponsored by the Faith and Money Network, which is an extension of the Church of the Savior in Washington, D.C. Each week, we were challenged to make the connection between faith and money in our lives, our churches, and our broader communities. We had homework each week, and the second week, we were asked to write our own money autobiography. I have used money autobiographies in my work at Everance, so was very familiar with the concept. There are questions which begin with your family of origin and how money was perceived in your family and throughout your life. The questions were slightly different from the money autobiographies I shared at my workshops and seminars. Upon writing my money autobiography for the class, I came to the realization of something that I had never considered before. 
I realized my parents had left my family with a legacy of abundance. Let me explain how I came to this conclusion. I will share my remarks from my money autobiography. I begin. I grew up in rural Ohio in a large Mennonite family. My father was a blue-collar worker, and I had a stay-at-home mom. My childhood was, fill, was full of activity from working in the large garden where the rows would just never seemed to end because I had to, I had to go out and, and pull weeds, to helping can the food that we got. We never were lacking when it came to food because we always had plenty to eat. My parents were very resourceful and gave us all a sense of abundance and not scarcity. My mother used her homemaking skills to dress us very nicely, and when I look at pictures of our family during those years, I can't help but think how nicely we were dressed, which is a tribute to my mother's ingenuity because we did not have the money to buy clothes from the store. My mom made all of our clothes. I have done a money autobiography with my siblings, and most would agree that we had no idea we were poor. Because in reality, when we think of nine children and a father who was a blue-collar worker, uh, we really were poor. I firmly believe my parents gave our family the gift of abundance. Because when I look back now and realize how different our lives might have been if my parents lived out their lives with the feeling of scarcity, I am forever grateful for that gift." End quote. So what does it mean to have a mindset of abundance, and what is a mindset of scarcity? Having an abundance mindset is a way of living, trusting that everything we truly need for us to be the people we were created to be will somehow be given. It's a way of trusting that everything that happens to us, even the things we never would have chosen, can somehow be used uh, for good and are a part of who we are and who we are becoming. Whereas those with a scarcity mindset are never satisfied with what they have. They are always striving for more because there is never enough to go around, not enough resources, not enough attention, not enough love, not enough opportunities, not enough forgiveness to be forgiven, and not enough acceptance to be accepted. Walter Brueggemann, a renowned Old Testament scholar, has been instrumental in providing gu uh, guidance on the concepts of scarcity and abundance. He explains that our God has created an incredibly abundant universe, and that in this universe, the world has more than enough of everything we need in order to thrive and survive. He further goes on to exclaim that the Bible tells us that God delights to see us trusting the God of the universe to take care of us. This abundance mindset gives us this freedom to enjoy and value all we have been given and share it freely with others. To understand the scarcity mindset, we have to realize how money has become the God of security and provides a false assumption that it provides all we need. We have, we have bought into this false concept that is so prevalent in our society that money will bring us happiness and fulfillment. <clears throat> if we do not truly believe and trust that God will meet our needs, then we will find other ways to give us that sense of security. So what does the Bible teach us about the concepts of abundance and security? 
The Bible teaches that abundance is having enough for everyone. But just like you and I, there is that temptation for us to want more than our share, to take a bigger portion, and God has to remind us to take only our share, which is enough. In Exodus 16, we hear the story of the manna from heaven given to the children of the Israelites when they were wandering in the desert. They were grumbling about not having enough food to eat and wishing to be back in Egypt where there was plenty. God supplied manna from heaven in the morning and and then quail in the evening for them to eat and everyone had enough. But because the Israelites had learned to believe in scarcity in Egypt, the people started to hoard the bread. And as we all know, when they hoarded it, it turned sour and rotted because you cannot store up God's generosity. Moses and Aaron had to remind them often to only take enough for their family. I believe we too can relate to that mindset of thinking too often that we do not have enough and, we, and, and then not trusting in the God of abundance and generosity. Brueggemann says it this way, and I quote, We never feel that we have enough. We have to have more and more, and this insatiable desire destroys us. Whether we are liberal or conservative Christians, we must confess that the central problem of our lives is that we are torn apart by the conflict between our attraction to the good news of God's abundance and the power of our belief in scarcity, a belief that makes us greedy, mean, and unneighborly. We spend our lives trying to sort out that ambiguity, end quote. Then in the Gospel of, Mark, of Matthew 14, 13 through 21, we, have, we find another story of abundance and scarcity. We find Jesus and his disciples returning from a time of rest and relaxation. Soon they find themselves surrounded by crowds of people wanting to hear more from Jesus. After a long day of teaching from Jesus, it became apparent that those who were in attendance were hungry and wanted to be fed. The disciples came to Jesus and implored him to send these folks away into the next town so that they can get some supper. Jesus' response to the disciples is a simple, you feed them. Now how was that to happen, thought the disciples. And and operating from a mindset of scarcity, the disciples asked, seriously? Do you know how much it would cost to feed all these people? And Jesus, in his wisdom, answered, or ask, how much food is there among us? The response from the disciples was, only five loaves and two fishes. We all, we all know the story of the miracle that happened, and everyone had enough to eat, and there were 12 baskets of food left over. I like to think that part of the miracle was when the crowd realized that there was a need for food. So like good Mennonites, they gathered together in small groups and began to dig a little deeper into their own backpacks and pulled out whatever gift of food they had to share. What we know for sure is that there was an abundance of food, more than enough to go around. A beautiful story of generosity and abundance. Now, as I think of Peace Mennonite Church, I see a community where there, which has an abundance mindset and what And when a need is apparent, you will arise to the occasion and share your generosity. Your congregation finds many ways to volunteer and be a light in the community. 
I want to thank your pastor, Kevin, who shared with me the many ways your congregation is sharing from their abundance. He told me that you're working on being a missional church and hope to continue to expand your efforts to love your neighbors. He shared with me some of the ways that you are working at, at this be a, a missional church, and I'm just going to list the things he sent me. Regularly partnering with Mennonite Disaster Service, and I know some of you have, have gone, I think, up to up to the mountains to help when they were needing to do some work with MDS. You do Operation Christian Child during the holidays. And then the MCC quilting that you do for the sale. And I can imagine that you are making some beautiful quilts for that sale because I know there's some really good quilters in this congregation. And then you have a neighborhood watch host building. And Pastor Kevin also told me you continue to share your church with uh, your church building with a Hispanic church and a Korean church. He said you have good relations with both churches and typically meet corporately once a year. I also benefited a few uh, years ago, which, which uh, Barb um, had said, when I utilized your building for Everin Space and it worked well for me during that time. I commend your congregation for using your space and opening your doors to, so that others can enjoy and appreciate this beautiful building. Pastor Kevin also shared that you want to listen more to the needs of the community and learn how you can use your resources that you have to make a difference in God's kingdom. As I read through the list Pastor Kevin sent me, I couldn't help but think, peace does have an abundance mindset, and I commend you for that. So I want to go back to my parents. How did they instill in us the mindset of abundance when they really did not have much financial security? We knew we were loved and that God loved us too. And those expressions of love manifested themselves in our day-to-day -day lives. We always had enough, even if it meant my mom making meatloaf in order to stretch the hamburger. My parents were industrious and showed us the importance of working hard, but also enjoying God's nature and abundance. Another way mom and dad left a legacy of abundance was how they shared their gifts with the church. Mom was always ready to provide food at church or for those in need. I also remember going to church to help assemble bandages for those in war-torn countries. We made Christmas bundles and layettes to send again to other countries where the needs were great. These programs were a part of MCC. My parents supported MCC, and I continue to support them as well. My dad supported MDS and traveled to other states to help when disasters happened. In my dad's later years, he started this organization at their church called Joseph's Warehouse, which through weekly giving of a special offering provides resources for people in the community who are experiencing financial difficulty. Joseph's Warehouse continues to this day. I am so grateful for this legacy, and I believe it was extended to the church, and we as children saw our parents gratefully giving to the church, not only with their tithes, but also with their time. I feel positive many of you here could recall your families of origin and see ways your family gave those gifts of abundance to you too. That legacy of abundance here at PMC, at, at Peace Mennonite, is far-reaching into the community and also extends to everyone in your congregation. 
Continue to open up your hearts to God's generosity and abundance and know that the sharing together of the many gifts that God has given to you within the church and your families will ensure a legacy of abundance. May it be so. Amen.